everyone, and welcome back to the British Royal Fanatic Podcast. I'm Hayden, your American friend with a passion for British royal history. If you enjoy royal media in addition to current events and history within the British royal family, then you have found your home. If you could, hit that bell icon, hit that subscribe button down below so that way you can stay up to date on all things happening here on the channel. It's been a week. There's been a lot of news that has been going on this week within not only the British royal family, but other royal houses. There's a lot of speculation going on with Harry and Meghan and little Archie and Lilibet. There's royal works resuming. There's a lot of speculation about change that's coming, other sort of royal houses influencing others. And there's a lot to discuss and a lot to break down. There's a lot of fluff pieces going around, but there's also a lot of really serious, well-reported on news stories as well. So as always, double check your sources, double check who you're listening to and where you're getting your stuff. But today, what are we going to do? We're going to sort of cover a few smaller topics today that's in the overall theme of change within the House of Windsor. There's a lot of change that's going to be happening. There's a lot of change we've already experienced. And there's a big speculation that's going on right now in regard to Harry and Meghan and little Archie and Lilibet. So today we're going to try to have a better understanding in terms of what the future of the House of Windsor looks like now that uh, Palace 2.0, we've used that term a little bit here on the channel and other news sources, especially other TikTok commentators like Matt of Fact have, you know, lightly referenced it to sort of differentiate between uh, when the late Queen Elizabeth II was still active doing uh, duties, and now that Charles has ascended to the throne. What can things look like? What's going to happen? So before we get into today, let me know down below, do you think the king will end up giving Archie and Lilibet titles? What do you think is going to happen there? Let me know down below. So our first point of business today is talking about Lilibet and Archie, what all it looks like with them. Do they have titles? Do they not have titles? What's going on? If you were anywhere on Royal Twitter when the Queen died, it was <laughs> sort of the Wild West where really big news, uh, news anchors and really big news sources were already commenting that now Lilibet and Archie are prince and princess, but when you look at the actual line of succession on the official royal family webpage, you'll notice that that's not the case right now. We, it's, it's, it's in, they're in this weird gray area, and in my opinion, they actually will never have the title of prince or princess. But first, let's break down as why there's all this speculation. So we need to rewind the royal clock here, and we need to go all the way back to 1917. And in 1917, we got to put our context hats on. We're still in the middle of World War One. There's a lot of anti-German sentiment and also a lot of anti-Russian sentiment going on. And the royal family needs to rebrand themselves. At this time, the royal house name was Saxe-Coburg and Goethe, which is, of course, Prince Albert. That's all from Prince Albert. When uh, Before Queen Victoria married Prince Albert, it was still the, uh, the, the Hanovers. She still had that layover. But then when she married Prince Albert, it became then you know, the house of Saxe-Coburg and Goethe, which is from him. And it stayed that way through her reign and actually a little bit into the reign of Edward VII. But in 1917, George V and Queen Mary needed to have, they needed to change something. 
And what did they do? They sat down, changed the house name, and issued a series of letters patent. Now, uh, these letters patents, the first one, of course, changed the house name from Saxe-Coburg-Goethe to Windsor, rebrand, the royals rebrand themselves a lot. And it also, uh, any of the other royals from German areas got, uh, they dropped all of their German titles in Prince and Prince, uh, Princess titles and got new English titles based off that. So that's why the Battenbergs don't exist anymore. And in fact, the Battenbergs sort of dissolved into two main titles. We have the Earldom, uh, Earldom Mountbatten of Burma, and then we have the Marquisdom of Milford Haven. That's sort of where the Battenbergs went. And you know, that's just a quick Google search away. But it rebranded the Royal House. He then issued layers patent after that that outlined who truly can be a prince or princess. Now, the one link I'm going to cite down below is really helpful because it shows all the letters patent, how it expanded, and now we're slowly starting to trim it down. You can really start to see that line. In these letters patent from 1917, it states who can be a prince or princess. In layman's terms, because <laughs> it can get a little confusing at times, it, of course, says all the children of the sovereign all of the grandchildren of the sovereign through the male line and the eldest son of the eldest son of the prince of wales so we have the heir apparent the heir presumptive and you know who's on third that immediate line of course is solidified because that is to where the crown will fall children of the sovereign grandchildren of the sovereign through the male line Letters patent were issued by Queen Elizabeth II in 2012 that altered it to where all of the children of the eldest son of the Prince of Wales will be able to have HRH and Prince or Princess titles. That was actually issued before Prince George was born. Prince George was born in 2013. These letters patent came out in 2012. And as we all know, the now Prince and Princess of Wales got married in 2011. So we can see that that exception was made because we didn't know when Her Majesty was going to pass away. We didn't know when they were going to have children. I talk about having a lot of children. So that was just a way to cover any confusion that could possibly happen. So now we know who directly has claims to being a Prince or Princess title. When you begin to look a little bit deeper into that letter's patent, it has this implication that one needs to be born into that situation in order to fully have claims to it. You know, one is, one is either born a prince or princess, or you marry into it. It's very rare that someone gets elevated to that status. There have been instances, like I remember a few years ago, there was, I think, the Belgian king who had an illegitimate daughter. There's one of the... One of the central in uh, mainland European royal houses was found that uh, they had an illegitimate daughter and she did a DNA test and then she got cool. You know, she, you know at that point she got her HRH and princess title, but that has really fallen under the radar. But it's very rare that someone you know, is elevated to that status. That's the big implication here. So now we need to look at the context here. Harry and Meghan were... At the time, the Harry was the second son of the Prince of Wales, and the children at that point were they didn't fall into that into that line. The great grandchild of the sovereign at that point, it doesn't really matter. 
they when Lilibet and Archie were born, they weren't in that situation where they were now the grandchildren of the king through the male line. They were the great grandchildren of the sovereign, the through the second son of the Prince of Wales. So at that point, it wasn't readily guaranteed to them. It wasn't something that they could readily have. In the Oprah interview from 2021, Megan did say that you know she asked about her children having titles and saying that they were de they were denied. And we need to look at that a little bit further. When they got married, of course, at that point, the dukedom was bestowed upon them. Their children would be styled typically that of a duke, meaning that the eldest son would use one of his subsidiary titles. Daughters would be styled as the lady, insert name here, and any other son after the eldest son would then be Lord, insert name here. That was cool, great, wonderful, everything seemed fine, but then Megan is saying that she was being denied that her children would have titles, and then when Archie was born, they then decided to not use titles at all. Now we understand why this is a weird situation, where Archie and Lilibet were born when they weren't guaranteed HRH or Prince and Princess titles simply based off their line in the line of succession. And two, they were given titles at this point. It's the parents' prerogative where they technically do have claims to be styled like the children of, of a duke, but... Harry and Meghan opted to not do that to have their children have more normal of lives. So at this point, it's really Harry and Meghan's decision. Now, is it fair to you know sort of ask, hey, is this going to happen? Hey, are my kids going to be at this way? You know, it is fair. But this is where a little bit Archie are these weird ones where they are going to be elevated. They were then elevated into this situation where when reading the words, it's the implication is that you're, you need to be born into that. So in my opinion, they will never be actually given these titles. Now, why do I think that? It segues into our next topic, where with royal houses slimming down. But ultimately, if I will say this, if Megan wanted her children to be styled to have some form of protection, they do have claims to being titled either, you know, Archie, the Earl, the Earl of Dumbarton, and the Lady Lilibet Mountbatten-Windsor. You know, they, they do have claims to be styled like a duke, like the children of a duke, but that's ultimately Harry Megan decided not to do that. So it's this weird catch-22. The titles you want are not being guaranteed to you because of your place in the line of succession. It's nothing personal. It's just where you fall. But you could have titles but you opted out to not have them so it's this weird catch-22 here that a lot of people are pointing out getting frustrated about going okay then what do you want here do you specifically want but ultimately in the place in line of succession and how charles is going to slim things down ultimately is why i feel they will never get these titles but royal houses are really beginning to slim down, and we have known for decades that Charles's goal, the moment he became king, was to slim down the monarchy. For basically centuries, it was sort of normal to have really big royal, royal houses and really big royal families, which is why when you look even at the time of Edward VII, there are so many princes and princesses all throughout England. 
um, either their uh, highness or a royal highness or even a serene highness. You know, Prince uh, Queen Mary, when she was born, was a serene highness. She was actually her serene highness, Princess May of Tech. Her father was uh, the Duke of Tech, and then she was elevated to her royal highness, the Duchess of York, and then Duchess of Cornwall, Princess of Wales, and then Queen Consort. It was really common to have these big ones, but ultimately, when you look at it, it's a lot of financial burden on the public, where security and events and where the money goes into the crown estate and then gets divvied up between all the different... It's It can be a huge financial burden on the, on the public, and political and personal beliefs have shifted through the years where one of the big central tenets of the monarchy is that you have been given divine right by God, and... Your your family line has been selected, and you know religious views have changed, and political views have changed, and the public you know doesn't really in some some cases doesn't like the idea of having really big monarchies. So more and more constitutional monarchies throughout uh, continental Europe are beginning to slim down, and it, we actually saw a very first move of it back in 2019 with the Swedish royal family, where the children of their royal highnesses Prince Carl Philippe and Princess Sophia had their children's titles altered and the children of Her Royal Highness Princess Madeline and Mr. Christopher O'Neill, their children's titles were changed. And that was really before Harry and Meghan officially left the royal family. You know, back in 2019, where now the children of those two royal couples, they no longer have their HRH styles, but they do have their prince and princess titles. They're not actually official anymore. They're actually personal and they cannot be passed on to their children. Essentially, you know, what you have is what you have at this point. You're not going to be working for, for the firm. These are the second and third children of the sovereign. You're not in that direct line. So we're going to start to trim things back because we know you're not going to be working for the firm. So that is why you know, hey, you're never going to be in the front seat, so therefore these aren't necessary anymore. In Spain, the Spanish royal family, regardless of your opinions on them, I know they're a hot-button topic, but they already have for decades and the better part of some centuries, actually, where the only one, aside from, you know, king or just whomever is sovereign and their consort... The heir apparent is the only really one that has an HRH and a prince or princess title. The other siblings may have an HRH, but they have their own separate title system that is unique to them, where the only they really keep it directly in line, and again, keeping things a little slimmed down. In Japan, with their imperial family, if you're a woman and you marry a commoner, you have to give up your HRH and your princess title, and you truly become a commoner now where it's it's really weird their royal family how they marry in their marriage rules but again it's a way to keep things a little slimmed down it's to really you no know, focus the our energy this way recently a few days ago the danish royal family made an announcement where the children of the second son they're now going to lose their hh and prince or princess titles january 1st 2023 and they're going to have different titles and regardless of, you know, they're still we're experiencing fallout, we're getting news about truly how they feel about it in real time, but that's already other houses that are really trying to slim things down, where 
the UK doesn't really look too weird anymore, wanting to slim things down, wanting to keep things really streamlined in that immediate line of succession, who can really be a prince or princess. At the time, the crown even made fun of this, of Charles wanting to slim things down and his radical ideas of a monarchy. But now in this context of 2022, it's really not that weird, wanting to slim things down, wanting to keep things small, wanting to keep that network of who actually is the firm very very tight knit so we really don't know what his plans look like in terms of slimming down the royal family but whether archie and lilibet have titles is sort of this first step in really slimming things down now at the time of recording they have yet to make a comment we don't really know truly what the king wants to do but we do know I saw news reports of it where apparently Meghan wrote a letter to him saying, hey, we'll return back to royal work, but ABC123, and one of them was actually granting their children their HRH and Prince and Princess titles that technically they are entitled to. When you look objectively, yes, in their position now, they are entitled to that title. They are now the grandchildren of the sovereign through the male line. But when they were born, they weren't originally in that spot. So Archie and Lilibet are these weird cases where I personally don't know what, what's going to happen. Where if he does give them at least a prince or princess title, not an HRH, if he does, does give them one of those, is it a sign of an olive branch? Does it mean that eventually they are going to come back? That's sort of a reoccurring theme of, okay, if he gives it to them, or is it him bending to them? Is it then this expectation? But then if he doesn't give it to them, all of a sudden he's, you know, completely against and people making racist allegations to him. It's, it's weird. Archie and Lilibet are these, is, is, is this weird case where when you look at the black and white letters, Yes, they have a right to it, but there is this implication that they needed to be born already in that situation. So, one of his moves in slimming down this monarchy is officially to make a decision on that. Change has already begun within the royal family in terms of what is already slimming down. But who is actually working for the firm right now? Who can we say are working members of the royal family that may or may not have implications on slimming things down. We have, of course, their majesties, the king and queen, their royal highnesses, the prince and princess of Wales, her royal highness, the princess royal, and their royal highnesses, the earl and countess of Wessex. That's sort of our core group. We do have his royal highness, the Duke of Kent, in addition to their royal highnesses, the Duke and Duchess of Gloucester, and her royal highness, Princess Alexandra, the honorable Lady Olgvy. They also have worked for the firm. They do engagements. They, do, they don't do a lot. They show up from time to time, maybe one a month, maybe one every month and a half, where they do something officially for the crown. But they've been slowly fading away, especially the Duke of Kent and Princess Alexandra. They've been fading away, where the Duke and Duchess of Gloucester have really... They, they, they still do a decent amount. So I can actually predict they are the first to go on the chopping block in terms of who are working royals. Because they're now... They were cousins of the Queen. The Duke, the Duke of Kent and the Duke of Gloucester are cousins of the Queen, where... Their parents, you know, George VI and the the Duke of Kent and the Duke of Gloucester, the former ones, were all brothers. Their father was George V. So, 
I can actually foresee that those ones, we already don't really see the Duchess of Kent anymore, besides that really comical article where she said she likes gangster rap and is a really big fan of Eminem, which that was, that made me giggle seeing that come across my Twitter timeline. But if we are to talk about going on the chopping block first of current working royals, I would foresee that group of four. Seeing now they're so far down in the line of succession. Of course, we still are awaiting the Dukedom of Edinburgh to be bestowed upon Prince Edward. We all know that was Prince Philip's uh, dying wish that everybody knows about. And apparently, you no know, Charles you know, gets it. He knows that that was both the, uh, the Queen and Prince Philip's wish. When we look at the royal family's website, we can now see that the Duke of York with the Duke and Duchess of Sussex have their positions have changed. They've actually, when you look at the about me section of the royal family website, they've actually fallen directly to the bottom where all the, the working ones are above them. They're just kind of down at the bottom. And at first, <laughs> news sites were trying to make it look like they've been, their place in the line of succession has changed the way that they were phrasing these really clickbait headlines. But no, just in the about me, they fall into the bottom. And actually, their royal highnesses, Prince and Princess Michael of Kent, have been completely erased. They used to be there, but they don't work for the firm anymore. They had maybe two or three type of charities they did decades ago in the late 80s and early 90s but they haven't worked for the for the royal family in a very very long time that's some of the changes we already notice websites change certain people have already started to get removed there's other things that we have noticed too the big one is that legislation has already been put in place at the request of the king to change who can be a counselor of state. So a counselor of state, we've talked about multiple times here on this channel and in podcasts past, where a counselor of state is someone who can directly stand in for the king or whomever is sovereign. The only thing they can't do is dissolve parliament and appoint a new prime minister, but they can essentially do everything. And the current way that it's laid out is the counselors of state include consort to the sovereign, whomever that may be, and the first four adults in the line of succession that are over 18 or slash 21, they're of age, and they currently live in the UK. Based off those rules, the current counselors of state are Queen Camilla, Prince William, Prince Harry, Prince Andrew, and Princess Beatrice. Now, Princess Beatrice has never worked for the firm. She's never been a working royal. But, of course, we have the big thorns in everybody's side. Prince Harry and Prince Andrew. Prince Harry doesn't live in the UK anymore, so that automatically disqualifies him with that current um, requirement. But also, we have Prince Andrew, which we all know. If you have been following the podcast for a while, you know how we feel about Prince Andrew here on this channel. But what is this legislation thinking of doing? Well... The layman's terms bit of this is that Charles wants to be able to change who can be a counselor of state, who can actually step in for him, step into his shoes when need be. And the way that the law is set up outside from the sovereign consort, there's there's there's, there's a minimum of two counselors of state at all times. And right now, three of them don't work for the firm. And that's a really big point for king charles is that you need to be working for the firm who 
we're going to change who can be working for the firm, who should be working for the firm, who can actually do that. He's really slimming it down. I don't necessarily know how far that's going to progress to or if he can actually do it. I know there's also legislation going on right now that was appointed through various people to actually have Parliament strip Prince Andrew of his dukedoms and his other titles because if you know what's been going on, you know what's been going on. It's been really hush-hush in terms of quiet, really quiet about updates. But if you know anything about the lawmaking process, regardless of where you are in the world you know it takes a while there's lots of committees that has to go through votes okay we hand it over here review it vote okay now that both sides have reviewed it both sides are gonna vote okay great now it needs to go it, it's a very long bureaucratic process that we won't know really anything more about until the beginning of 2023 but charles is already in this process of slimming things down and his coronation his coronation isn't planned for decades now. It's actually going to be smaller. It's not going to be this big grand event that needs to, you know, help the country pick up by its bootstraps because everywhere in the world right now, it's a crisis between um, housing market, supply chain, gas, cost of cigarettes. There's so everything is ridiculously expensive. Uh, the economies are teetering and the idea of throwing a big ceremony in order to unite the country now isn't something that really is sitting well with everybody and Charles knows that so his he is trying to have a slim down coronation where other representatives of the Commonwealth don't necessarily have to be there because we don't need to overwhelm the airport it's going to be you know at max 2,000 people cool great who all is that you know will it be you know, can members of the public participate in some way, shape, or form? There's also the investiture of the Prince and Princess of Wales. Where is that going to be in Wales? Is it going to be a Carnarvon Castle, like when Charles was invested? How big is it going to be? Or is it going to be something smaller? What all is that going to look like? And there we have it. Slim down monarchy. Will Harry and Meghan's kids have titles? In summation, no. They will not have titles now that Charles is actively slimming things down. Other royal houses are beginning to do the same thing. The writing's on the wall. Large monarchies are officially a thing of the past. Whether it's a constitutional monarchy or an absolute, that thought process of have, needing to have a large royal house is a thing of the past. And now, in order to, to keep themselves relevant, we need to streamline things. We need to not be so expensive. We need to not have a lot of people working for us, because the more people working for us, it's more of a burden on the country in terms of having to pay for things. And that is something that we don't really want anymore. You know, we need to look to the future. What does the monarchy of the future look like? And this is the time that we're living in, where these changes that have been discussed for so many years, and people having their opinions about we are now living through these changes and a lot of people have opinions about them which they're entitled to where they don't really like it i've seen some comments on twitter where they actually like the idea of having a big royal family but that's ultimately not what the resounding public wants and in my opinion if it helps keep them feeling relevant and a place within today's ever-changing society, you know, go for it. Do I think Harry and Meghan have a place in it? Probably, if they had stayed to, if they had stayed, come to some form of agreement, whatnot. But their children, in my opinion, would have never been given those titles. 
no, truly, no matter what, they were they're never going to get those titles. In my opinion, it's nothing personal. It's just a matter of this is where you fall. This is what the future looks like, and you want your kids to have a normal life. That's one of the big things you keep harping on. You want your kids to have a normal life and be normal kids. Okay, then this is one of the parts of it. You know, it's this fun catch-22. But let me know down below in the comment section, what do you think? Of course, all my sources, socials are linked down below. Also, let me know down in the comments, who do you want me to collab with? Who are some royal commentators I should reach out to to try to do some fun content uh, towards the end of this year and into 2023? Who do you want me to collaborate with? Let me know down below. I would really like to get some people you really want on the show. So without further ado, everybody, have a great rest of your day, and I'll see you in the next one.